Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Wyndham. Your work can take you all over the place, like Texas. You've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com. It is time for Catherine Swift. Uh, lock them on, lock them on for me, please, guys. For Catherine Swift, for Linda Leatherdale, for Michelle Simpson, and our weekly Beauties and the Beast segment. The reason I wanted you to lock them on for me is so I could say goodbye to uh, somebody. Um, so that's taken care of. And <laughs> who are you saying the, goodbye to, Roy? Oh, I don't. Know. <laughs> is there something that you want to let us in on? <laughs> No, nah, I shouldn't have said what I said. <laughs> anyway, um, it <laughs> climate change, let's start with that. The uh, United Nations and their COP21 conference, 195 countries signing on to much delirium and happiness. And there's going to be $100 billion a year going to the climate fund, uh, Mr. Trudeau, hand on heart. What if he hurts himself eventually with all that heart punching he does? Um, hand on heart, committing Canada to $2.6 billion already to the fund. And um, anyway, it's going to be 100, 100 billion is going to go into that by 20. Is it 2020? 2020, right? Do you guys know? Yep. 2020. 2020. So 100 billion, and uh, that's going to go to underdeveloped countries so that they don't follow our lead. This is the theory they don't follow our lead. And uh, use fossil fuel to energy or to drive their economies and use renewables instead. Uh, Dr. Bjorn Lomborg, who's going to be back on the show tomorrow, one of the world's primary uh, economists who runs the Copenhagen Consensus Center think tank, who believes in human-induced global warming, was on this program uh, at the beginning of the COP conference, and he said that even if they do everything the way they want to do it, by the end of the century... The change in climate temperature is going to be so tiny, it will be barely measurable. And Dr. Lomborg said if they were paying attention, they'd realize that children in underdeveloped countries don't need solar panels. They need mosquito netting, they need medication, and they need food. Anyway, they're all happy with the, the COP21 conference. And what's going to happen to our energy bills? I mean, am, am I... Should I be cheering here? Are you guys cheering? Let me start with Linda. Are you cheering, Linda? Are you kidding me? We've been going down this wrong path for so long. And, and first of all, I want to say, Roy, all of us want to do what's right for the earth. Come on. I mean, it's – but green energy, I mean, look what happened in the province of Ontario. $34 billion more that we paid than we needed to be paying for That's hydro. That's for the hydro. And much of that is because we went for this green energy and we bought it and, and it's – and it's way expensive, and it's not working. So the Auditor General or for the province of Ontario says that the the McGuinty-Wynn-Government combination has, pil- I was going to say pilfered, whatever the appropriate word is, absconded with, Piddled misfired. What? <laughs> What's the word? Piddled. Piddled away. <laughs> they piddled away. Our There's money. another word that we could use. They pissed away. Yep. 37, I hope you, I'm sorry, I shouldn't have said that. It, in mixed company, but they did. We've heard it before, Ryan. 30, yes. $37 okay. billion. Yes. 
Uh, and uh, and now we're going to allow the same government stewardship over Hydra. This is one province. And you know what's going to happen as well? Brad Wall is going to be demonized by the left because Mr. Wall is saying, hang on a second, what we need is a pipeline. Mm-hmm. He's going to be demonized. Elizabeth May apparently on CBC saying that Canada was hated internationally. Hated was the word I think she used. Uh, hated internationally because of our stance on climate. I agree with Linda. People care about the environment. But when I listen to Dr. Bjorn Lomborg, I don't hear the kind of alarm bells that I'm hearing from the attendees of the conference. And then I'm going to look at the global national poll that was done by Ipsos, which you know, Canadians were asked for the, their top three worries. Climate change, 7%, uh, 13% was last among the worries of Canadians. Then they go worldwide. What's your, uh, what are your top three worries globally now? Where does climate change up uh, end up? Last, with 7% of the people in the world. And then globally, the highest percentage of any country's residents who ranked climate change as a top priority was Japan's population at 20%. So the best they could do was one out of five. And yet we're being told by Barack Obama and by Justin Trudeau and then by Francois Hollande and others that climate is the number one... Um, What's the word? Threat. The, the, or the, yeah, the, the, the number one uh, challenge. Yeah, disaster waiting to happen for in, in the world. Yes. Yeah. Well, I, I got to say, you know, there's, there's not enough time. All the thoughts coming into my head. First of all, I think of all these governments that say they want to focus on evidence-based policy. In other words, facts. And our new federal government has mentioned this many times, and yet just about everything they've done to date has flew in the face of facts. The, uh, one other thing, when I see over the last number of years, we have seen falsified data, whether it's about the Himalayan glaciers, whether it's about... That was made up. Uh, Catherine, 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 that yes. was not falsified data. That was made up. Well, that's what There I was no data yeah, involved. Yeah, that's honest. And, any, and there, was, there was numerous incidents of it. They were caught... By the head of the IPCC. And whenever anybody's lying like that, I, I question not only their motives, because obviously those are bad, but if you have to lie like that, your cause is lame. It's lame. Otherwise, why do you have to lie? I, I, I just, it makes me crazy. And I've listened to Lomberg a lot. And I've, just, I've read a lot. I'm no expert on this by any stretch, but I've read an awful lot about this just because of my own curiosity. And, you know, the climate has changed. What I would love to have is about a thousand years worth of data. But of course we don't because, you know, our, our history is such that we don't have data from a thousand years ago or whatever, right? But, yes, the climate is changing, no question. And I don't question for a minute that we might have had something to do with it. But like Lomberg says, we spend bazillions of dollars, beggar people, beggar people, so they can't even afford to eat because you know to, with policies like this. Well, that, that makes no sense. We have Lomberg yeah. back on the show tomorrow. Michelle, what do you make of it? From a political standpoint, and I, I don't always take that tact, I got nothing out of this, the Paris conference, uh, because there's been so many like it before. It, it, to me, it's a feel-good, warm and fuzzy for, you know, a lot of people that have been sounding alarm bells because there's quite a constituency of them that vote, and I mean in every country. So it's an appeasement thing that has never succeeded. So my question would be, if it's never succeeded in the past, and this one isn't binding on any country. Exactly. I, you know, 
what is the point? Well, they're saying it's going to be legally binding. Uh, That's what no, they're saying. That, that is so contradictory, though, Roy. And yeah. frankly, though, I mean, Michelle, come on. If somebody else was going to pay you to be wined and dined in one of the most beautiful cities in the world, would you say no? She would. Well, I, pay, I, I actually did. She would. But let's face it, all these bureaucrats, and of course Canada sent more than pretty much everybody, anybody else. It was okay. unbelievable how many we sent. But, you know, why not? A couple of weeks in Paris, uh, you know, high-end living. What's not just, to like? Okay, kids. I'm cynical. I'm okay. cynical. Yeah, me too. Kids, I remember kids, I said, I asked you to just keep the volume down a little bit on, yeah, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. on the phones. We can't help ourselves. I know. It helps a bit, though. helps the sound. <laughs> Sorry. But, but we'll see what happens. Dr. Lomborg's on the show tomorrow, and he's going to explain to us um, how the situation uh, develops and is developing from his perspective. And he's a brilliant guy who has an excellent think tank. He's been reporting uh, for 25 newspapers, including the Times of India in uh, in Paris. So much to come. Uh, some of the uh, climate enthusiasts are talking about having no fossil fuel activity whatsoever within 30 years. So, <laughs> Hope you like turnips, people. That's what we'll be eating year-round. If we have the water for to uh, bring in crops. Yeah. And, and I don't mean that about climate change, just that the, the, the water is a bit bigger concern to me, perhaps, yeah. than anything else. Right. Let's get on to a couple of other issues here, and uh, then we'll take a break, and we'll take some more. Oh, no, we're not going to take calls. We might take calls. We'll talk about some other things. Catherine and I are going to spend a little time tomorrow on this program talking in more detail about this, but the liberals had to back off. The government had to back off. By the way, we're not just picking on the liberals. If you go back and you hear me, I, I criticized Stephen Harper and the conservatives um, a lot while they were in power. It's just that Mr. Trudeau gives me so much ammunition during the week, I, I can't help but, but, but use it on the weekend. Anyway, they, uh, the big uh, trumpeting during the election campaign was, we'll raise taxes on the wealthy, and, uh, and, and, and we'll lower taxes for the middle class, and that's going to be revenue neutral. Look, we were hustled during the election campaign. Anybody with, with a full brain and only half of it working would know that was never going to happen, Michelle, right? That was never going to happen. It was never going to be a revenue neutral. I, I, unfortunately, I didn't believe that myself. Like, it, there just wasn't any way that that was going to work out. And uh, I, I don't know that people understood that, but it, again, it was a, a great tagline, I think. It sounded like a good idea. And, Linda, we're, um, we're told that it's going to cost Canadians some $1.26 billion a year. This, this lower the taxes on, uh, on the middle class, raise taxes on the, on the wealthier Canadians which you can't do anyway because they'll move their money or they'll move themselves, which the U.K. found out. I don't want to give everything away about tomorrow's show, but but, but we knew it wasn't going to work. Absolutely, and then think about this. The underground economy grows as well. But you know what? At the end of the day, it will be the middle class who gets whacked again. But I think the bigger concern here is... Let's look at these numbers. Provincial debt now this year is going to be $375 billion, and Ontario is one of the worst offenders now. But total federal debt? $6.28 billion. Add that together, we're over a trillion dollars. And this, we're going down a dark path here, my friends. And, and then you add in consumer debt, which you know is a passion that I'm so upset that Canadians have allowed themselves to go down that road. But $1.7 trillion. All I, I think it's time to get the Canadian Taxpayers Federation debt clock out for consumers, taxpayers, and the governments. Well, the question is, will people pay attention? Let me take a break. We'll come back with Catherine, Linda, and Michelle. They're the beauties. I'm the other part of that, and we'll continue. We have some other issues to get at. Stay with us. 
Let me just give you the uh, list of worries for Canadians, top three worries, done for Global News, a Global News poll done by Ipsos. Number one was health care, 40% of Canadians listed in the top three worries. Number two was unemployment and jobs, 39%. Number three was taxes, 32%. Fourth was poverty and social inequality, 26%. Fifth was corruption, 25%. Sixth was immigration control, 23%. Seventh was education, 16%. Crime and violence were number eight at 14%. And in last place, climate change, 13%. I guess Miss May didn't see that poll or many of the others. I can't let it go on here because we we have to let Catherine get a word in about the federal government and the uh, finance minister when he made his announcement that um, the uh, increase in taxes on the wealthier Canadians, while the middle class got the reduction the Liberals promised during the election campaign, uh, Catherine, they uh, ignored the petition from workingcanadians.ca no, no. I yeah, yeah. They, I they don't did. think they ignored it at all, Roy. They're ignoring you, Catherine. I think... That I'm I just think, trying to well, rile you I up. Know, I know Bill Morneau. I sat on the board of the C.D. Howe Institute with him, so I know Bill quite well. And the funny thing was, he sung a very different tune before he got into politics. His his company, Morneau Chappelle, which his father founded, and he enjoyed, you know, a very nice upbringing in the upper class as a result of that. Um, he, uh, he Morneau Chappelle... When the TFSA limit went up to $10,000, they were effusive in their praise. <laughs> and now, oops, uh, uh, never mind, never mind that. Uh, but one thing I have to say, Roy, is first of all, folks, I mean, I spent a long time, as you know, lobbying governments. And just because he's made an announcement, there's zero legislation drafted, zero legislation passed. And I believe... He saw the strength this issue was getting, and he was trying to squelch it by making that announcement early, quite early. So um, I would encourage everybody. And by the way, something I, I it, that just it, this is totally random came right out of the blue is the federal government got into the 21st century, amazingly enough, and created just a week ago. This was just a week ago created this online petition system, and we're on it. We were the second one to register. We tried hard to be the first, but we lost by just a few minutes. But I would encourage everybody listening, if you value that TIFSA, TF, Tax-Free Savings Account, I have to stop saying that silly acronym, uh, get on it. It's petitions. Oh, sorry, petitions.parl, like parliament, P-A-R-L, dot G-C, dot C-A, and then you just click on View All Petitions, and you'll see ours there, sponsored by Peter Kent, who you had on the show, Roy, just right. a few short weeks ago. And we have, we're, we're getting incredible support. We've got more support than any of the other petitions that are on there. And it's growing like stink. And that so, is to leave, uh, that is to have the TFSA limit at $10,000, not 55 Remain at 10000 And right. you know what kills me? And I saw, I watched the question period. And, right. and the, the TFSA was a big subject in the question period earlier in the week when he made that announcement. And, you know, Trudeau stood up and said, well, I don't think too many Canadians have $10,000 lying around. Do you know, do we Canadians realize that we make sure that every single government worker has on average $20,000, double the TFSA 10,000 theoretical limit? Uh, We make sure they have twice that put into their rich government pensions on our dime. So the fact that we, the 80% of Canadians that don't work for government, can't put away 10 grand for ourselves? 
That is a disgrace, and we need okay, to Okay, give us, give, us, give us that website again real quick. I will. It's uh, petitions.parl.gc.ca. Okay. And it's, it's, it's actually, I have to compliment them. It's a terrific system, and it, okay, it okay. came into being a week ago. Okay, i got to stop you because we only have two and a half minutes. I, <laughs> I, I wanted to just bring up something that Michelle and I talked about last, last Sunday on the show. And it appears there's a there's a person of, of some uh, responsibility within the Liberal Party of Alberta who contacted Michelle or tried to on a uh, on a blog, suggesting to Michelle that because she was a former member of Parliament for the Liberals and seatmate to Justin Trudeau during question period, that Michelle, you have the responsibility to report back on the subjects that we're going to air on the on this program, so they can flood the lines with Liberal callers. No. Has, has, Clearly that person has anything, understand Michelle very well. Michelle, has anything, has anything happened, Michelle, since, since then? No, but as I said to you last week, Roy, I said it was a huge compliment for you. Yes. And actually, no for, for this segment, I mean, it was an insult to me that they would think that I would even consider such a notion. But I thought, what a nice compliment to uh, mm-hmm. Roy Green and the beauties in general. Exactly. And as I pointed out last weekend and have on Twitter since, and I believe on the Facebook page and on my web page, we on social media pretty much tell you what we're going to air. Exactly. And pretty exactly. much tell you when we're going to air it. <laughs> the notion of them getting up the phony baloney opposers it's nothing new. pretty interesting. Because yeah. I know I've done a lot of media over the years where I was fighting, say, unions, and you can bet those unions yeah, it's nothing got new. everybody out to give me a blast. I once spoke with a, with, with a very, very well-respected <laughs> member of parliament, former minister, wonderful, wonderful guy who accomplished a great deal for Canada. And uh, he would go on with Tom Charrington on CHML in Hamilton when I first started there. Tom was my hero. He was just an amazing man, and he gave me lots of tips on how to succeed in radio. And and this member of Parliament said to me one day, he said, you know, Roy, whenever I go on Charrington's show, before I do it, I call all my friends, and I say, call in tonight, call in tonight, and you tell them what a great guy I am. So (laughs) it's it's nothing new. Hey, beauties. It's nothing new. You're absolutely right. We are out of time. Well, we are here to Roy because people are listening. People yep, are listening. Yeah, well, that's a good indication, folks. Yeah. Absolutely. Catherine, Catherine's going to be back with me uh, for a couple of minutes uh, tomorrow, and we're going to look at the situation, how taxing the rich is not revenue neutral, and how it really doesn't work in the U.K. as a perfect example for us to draw on. And I'll read you that parable about the ten men who go out to dinner. That's coming up, and uh, Dr. Bjorn Lomborg on the climate issue as well. Beauties, thank you. We'll talk next Saturday. We look forward to it. Look forward as always. We'll be back in just a minute.